Thank you, Rabbi Kotlarski. You're an exemplar or a dugmachaya of what it means to be an Eved La'avdei Hashem. Can you imagine anywhere in the world so much Mesiras Nefesh in one room? So much Ahavas Yisrael in one room. So many holy people in one room. To the Shluchim I say, Shalom Aleichem, Malachi HaShalom, Malachi HaShores, Malachi Elyon. Welcome, angels of peace, angels of service, angels of the one on high. <clears throat> I don't feel worthy to be standing here in front of you, so I'm going to make a disclaimer before I speak. Hinini ha'ani mimas, nirash v'nifchad, v'yafalpi sh'ani k'day. I remember after 9-11 going to a firehouse that had lost a member fighting in 9-11 in the World Trade Center and bringing a large bouquet of flowers. I thought I would be the only one. When I walked in, there were hundreds of bouquets. Americans recognized the heroism of the firemen. A soldier walking down Fifth Avenue was receiving hugs from random strangers. He was going to Iraq to fight our battle. More recently, during COVID, do you remember the respect we had for the Hatzalah man coming decked in full gear before vaccines? We had no idea of the lethal potent of the virus, and they were cheered, and they were hugged, and they were applauded. There is a fire in the house of Hashem a raging, silent holocaust. Between the last census and this census, a million and a half American Jews do not identify anymore with Yiddishkeit. But for this holocaust, there is no Vadahat Salah. It's a silent holocaust. It's Jews who after a hundred years of communism and Bolsheviks and Nazism have been robbed of their identity, of what their ancestors brought to the Western world concepts like monotheism, social justice, human rights, honoring an elder. They've lost any shaykhs to it. The shluchim and shluchais of Chabad are the firemen of Klal Yisrael. They are the only ones manning the hose, putting out this fire. We owe you our gratitude. There is a war going on, on campus. All of Klal Yisrael, religious or irreligious, we are the people of the book. We value education more than anything. On the campuses, Jewish students are encountered with BDS. They are encountered with liberal Palestinian ideology. They encounter Dawkins and Hitchens every type of imaginable kfira. The sanctity of marriage 
the sanctity of family, respect for parents. One parent told me the only thing between my daughter and multiple piercings are the Chabad houses, the shluchim and shluchos, with their love, with their love, their lack of judgmentalism, their warmth, the Torah that they say on Shabbos. They are our infantry. They are our captains. They are our generals in this war, and we owe you our gratitude. <clears throat> and then the first responders, when a big rebbe from Borough Park, his son-in-law runs away to the flesh pots of Miami, and his daughter is left with her children alone. Who does he call? He picks up the phone. He calls Rabbi Yanki Felig from Chabad in Coconut Grove. And he cries and he says, Rabbi Yanki, save my daughter, save my grandchildren. And Rabbi Yanki does. When a younger man from Lakewood takes a job in Hashgacha and he ends up in a factory someplace in Amazonia, and he dies of a heart attack. It's the shliach, Rabbi Blumenfold, of Lima, Peru, Zechariah Levracha, who brings him to Kfuras Yisrael. <clears throat> when an El Al plane with 150 passengers has to land in Greece an hour before Shabbos, who do we call? Of course, Chabad. It's the Hendel family that prepares meals for 150 people. And Mrs. Hendel must be a virtuoso cook because you could see online the videos of the 150 passengers afterwards screaming, this was the best Shabbos of our lives. <clears throat> when two Breslov Achsidim disoriented, language challenge, directionally challenged, end up somehow in a South African airport. It's Rabbi Noam Wagner who gets the call. <clears throat> Rabbi Wagner goes to this remote airport. He meets the two confused Breslov Achsidim. They look at him and they say, are you Elio Hanavi? He looks at them and he says, no. I'm Noam Wagner. <clears throat> More recently, when Rahman al-Atzlan, Champlain Towers collapses, and there are dozens of dozens of Achenu B'nai Yisrael in that building, who does all of Klal Yisrael call? We all call Chabad. And Rabbi Lipsker, who is, of course, friends with the governor, and the mayor, and the medical examiner, of course. He makes sure the families are cared for, that there is food and bedding and clothing for all the grieving families while they're waiting. And he makes sure there is chas v'sholem, no nibal hames, there are no autopsies, there is absolute covered hames. Only Chabad can do something like this. <clears throat> And when we go down to the Mimamakim, to the Asiri Onu Barzel, 
to the holy Shluchim of Aleph. We are suddenly single mothers and suddenly parentless children. Aleph Shluchim to a thousand prisons in the United States. You are our first responders. You are the first responders of Klal Yisrael. We need you and we have gratitude for what you do. But her heroism has a price, even though it's done with love and with joy. The Akedas Yitzchak of our generation is not just in the Torah that we read. It's when parents take 10-year-old children and send them away thousands of miles because the remote locations where they are do not have the appropriate chenuch. It's when the Uzans and now the Nushliach from Nigeria, he told me there were times they would fly four hours to go to a mikveh. It's Avrami and Esther Hartman who get up at five o'clock in the morning to milk cows for Chalav Yisrael because Chabad is Makbet on Chalav Yisrael and it seems that Chal of Yisrael has not yet made its way to Ho Chi Minh City. It's the Shliach and Shlucha, the all teens of Winnipeg, who demonstrated to me how to get dressed when it's minus 40 degrees outside in Winnipeg, and we're just a few minutes frostbite can set in, that's life-threatening. It's a whole avayda, a suit up and down and around. Rabbi Sorab Shmuley, he can show it to you afterwards. And it's Reb Levi Shtifel of Aronej, deep in the Olam Hatoyu of Russia, right? who sometimes, he said, for 12 years, his apartment only had water during certain hours of the day. I said, Reb Levi, I never heard of this place, and I know a lot of Jewish towns. It's so remote. He says, there's nothing here. I said, is there like a tzaddik to go be mispal? He thought, he said, you know, after May of Estrim, when I die, there'll be some place to be mispal. It's the young girl, Musi Altin, who I asked her, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, of course, a shlucha. And I said, and then she said, but I would prefer a place where there's more people because I'm, I've always been the only girl in my class and it gets lonely. These are the stories of the Shluchim. These stories could go on and on. The Rebbe, amazingly, would listen to these stories of Messiris Nefesh, an accomplishment. And he would say, to my astonishment, I saw the videos, the Rebbe would say, thank you. And then he would say, but you can do double. And I heard from the Misham Shimbakaydish of the Rebbe that before he went to sleep every night, he made a cheshben a nefesh. How can I do more tomorrow? He lived by this. Klal Yisrael, the Rabbeinu Shleilam, the whole world needs shluchim 
But we need more shluchim. We need 50% more. We need double. We need five times. We need 10 times as many shluchim. The world is desperate for more shluchim. You are unsung heroes. In Bechatzrei's Kotshecha, that's one of the gl glossy magazines that if you open it, it's full of beautiful pictures of Erelach Yidin dancing by Hasanis with hundreds of people watching, or installing mezuzahs in front of crowds, or maybe making a siyam in front of crowds. I ask you, there's thousands of you here, tell me one of you. Have you ever seen in Bechatzrei's Kotshecha a picture of Rabbi Bayarsky delivering kosher food to a jail. Have you ever seen a picture of Rabbi Kesselman of Malmo, a city that is mostly Muslim but has a Jewish community? He's called the most hated man in Europe, walking to Shul, surrounded by a crowd of jeering Palestinian boys, cursing and spitting and throwing stones at him. Have you ever seen that picture in Bechatzrei's Kachecha? You don't get Mafter Yaina for arranging for Kfuras Yisrael. But the Rabbi Shalom reveres authenticity, not glitz, nor glamour, nor popularity. And we know in Shemayim who is getting Mafter Yaina. Seventy years ago, everything you see here, everything, was an impossible fantasy. It was absurd. It was ridiculous. Until Amalek Kim rose from the rubble and ashes of fire and the Holocaust. A dream to fix with love that that was destroyed by hate. Ein Sinema Develt, to take back the world at a time when 80% of orthodoxy had been killed, it was really counterintuitive. The smart thing would have been to batten down the hatches, to draw up the moats, to bring raised walls. But the courage and the vision of the great Rebbe to say, punkt fakert, at this time, ufaratzda, yama, vakedma, vitzafaina, vanegba, A mission, our Einsenema developed, and to wipe the tears off the face of Kaveyachal. I ask you, Shalna, Liyamim Harishainim, Ashahoyu Lefanecha, Limin Hayoim, Ashaboro Eloikim, Adam Halaoretz. From the beginning of time, from when man created man on this earth, Limiktseha Shemaim, Vatseha Shemaim from one end of the skies until the furthest span of the sky, Haniya Kadova Hagadel Hazeh, Hazeh Oy Hanishma Kamayu, to be Kaira B'Shem Hashem in a hundred nations, in almost a thousand cities, in 400 campuses, in a thousand prisons. Our grandfather, Avraham, it says he went river voice, the Rambam says. It doesn't say millions. Hundreds of thousands or millions. Haniya Kadava Hagadal And how did he do it, the Rebbe? 
I ask you a question, how? How do you take a Hasidish young man who is niskadal, al-toyrem v'chasidus, who doesn't have a degree in synagogue management, who doesn't have a degree, a master's in education, and you send him with a chemedana, a suitcase, and a few scarce dollars, and you send him to the other side of the world, and you tell him, Karavelt, how do you do that? How do you turn these simple people into generals? And why do I ask you? I'm not playing trivial pursuit. It's important for me, and it's important for many of you, because wouldn't you like to be a general sometimes? And even more importantly, wouldn't you like your child to be a general? What can we learn from the Holy Rebbe that we could bring back into our lives? That's why I ask this question. <clears throat> we live in a time where there's a new cult, the cult of victimhood. We are damaged goods. You are damaged goods. You were, you have microaggressions. Weren't you bullied at home by your brother or your sister? Did your father like your brother better? Did your mother like your sister better? And when you went to school, the teachers really didn't like you. They liked the other kid better. And then you went to work. It was a disaster with your boss. It's not that. It's probably then your religion, your weight. Your height, are you too tall, are you too short? We are surrounded, we are barraged with microaggressions that have made us say, a generation that say, we can't, it's impossible, we're weak, we're helpless, we're prisoners. To the Rebbe, this was psychological genocide. <clears throat> Let me share with you a Hasidish story that has a powerful ending. It's the story of the Chikava Chikava Rebbe. It was around 300 years ago. The Jews were poor. How poor? Very poor. In Poland alone, I saw 84 businesses that Jews were not allowed in. If it became profitable, you couldn't do it. You couldn't be a teacher, you couldn't be a professor, you couldn't be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. Jews starved, they were very poor. Well, the poorest of the poor, these 20 vagrant beggars, they used to go from town to town, they would go to the shoal, they would say, give me a piece of bread, a bowl of porridge, maybe a fliegel left over from Shabbos, and they would starve and they would survive. But one time they come to a city, and suddenly they're rolling out carpets, they're putting out langetition, the women are baking challah, brankishtopt again, oh, what's going on? There's a Rebbe coming to town. A rebbe, wow. These beggars sit there, they ate like kings. It was wonderful. Afterwards, one says to the other, he says, you know, I have a very simple idea. Let's take one of us, the one that has the balkaima, maybe knows the idea safer. We'll buy him a big strimal, a schwarze jipitzer. We'll buy him a grace Gartel. We'll make him a rebbe. We'll send 20 of us, 10 of us ahead of town. They'll say, the Rebbe come, the Rebbe come. And then an hour later, five more. They'll start setting up Titian. We'll eat like kings again. So one said to the other, what will we name our Rebbe? We'll name him the Tzik of a Rebbe. It doesn't sound good enough. We'll name him the, the Tzik of a Tzik of a Rebbe. And he was born. And they go to town. The Tzik of a Rebbe come. 
Who is he? I never heard of him. You never heard of him? He's the alta chick of a chick of his anenical. Right? They're all they're just these simple town folk. You know, Balayamuna, they bring out the tish and they're roasting chickens and they bring, and, the, and these beggars ate like kings. This went on for 30 days. Come to a town, the Rebbe's coming, <clears throat> and same thing, same spiel. They're rolling out the carpet, the, the Rebbe's sitting there with his shtreimel. Suddenly the door of the base medrash opens, and they hear a scream. Hundred people turn around, the hundreds of town people. There's a woman there, and she's screaming, and her face is red, and she's covered with tears. And she says, where's the Rebbe? Over there she comes, and she falls on the floor. She says, Rebbe, he says, what, my child? He says, my baby girl, she's six months old. She's running fever now for four days in a row. The doctor said, there's nothing he could do. He packed up his bag, he left, and he told me on the way out, he said, go dig a grave. Rebbe, my child, she starts shrieking. The whole town looks at him. His 20 beggars, they look at him, they turn white. This wasn't part of the program. They weren't expecting this. Everybody's looking at him. What does he do? Nothing he can do. He stands up, looks at the woman. He says, take me to the child. She takes him out. They go to a cottage. There's a child in a crib, a little baby. It's purple. All the whole family's crying. Rebbe, save my child. What does he do, this poor fellow? He just was hungry. He says the only thing he can. He says, Dosta tillamol? Do you have a tillam? Yeah. Brings him a tillam. He says, everybody, please go out. He closes the door. But they're waiting 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45, an hour, two hours later, the door opens and he comes out. His entire jipitza is soaking. His eyes are red. His, be his beard is wet. The Tehillim is wet. He gives the Tehillim to the mother. He says to the mother, your child will be okay. He had to. He believed. And he did. This is a Hasidish story. But didn't that just happen in last week's parsha? Avram tells Eliezer, one of the most difficult, difficult journeys in the world, swear to me, you said it, it creates an energy, and you will do it. <clears throat> the world says impossible. Rabbi Lazar just spoke about impossible. Chassidim say, Hashem takes Avram outside. And he says, Look up to the stars. Can you count them? Pashib Shad is your children will be as many of the stars. But the holy Hasidim, they learn different shots. Look up at the stars. Can you count them? There's a trillion, trillion stars. It's impossible. If there's something impossible to do, one of your children will be doing it. <clears throat> Yitzchak Avinu, the first Jewish child, he was born, his father was 100, his mother was 90, it was impossible. Kol it's impossible, but he was born. The Rabbi Nishalem did it this way to show our existence 
Klal Yisrael's existence is impossible, and to the Rebbe, impossible was a word not in his vocabulary. What did the Rebbe say? Difficult things take time. Impossible things take a little longer. <clears throat> they say you're meaningless. What can you accomplish? The Rebbe would always say over, the Mishnah Echadine Mominus, Chayev, Chayev means like Chayev Lechel Matzah, Chayev Kol Adam Loimar, Bishvili Nivra Oilam. The Rebbe would say, the day you were born is the day that the Rabbi Nishalom said, there is something in the world that only you can fix. You have a shlichus. The day you were born is the day the Rabbi Nishalom said, there is something that only you can fix. They say meaningless, and what did the Rebbe say? Keravelt. <clears throat> they say helpless. What difference could you make? The Rebbe would always say over the Rambam, everybody has to see, Kol Oilam, Chatsi Zakai, Chatsi Chayev, Awesome, Maisa Echad, one mitzvah, you turn the entire world, the world is on a precipice, your Maisa changes the world. What does the world say? Helpless. What does the Rebbe say? Meaningless. What does the Rebbe say? Keravelt. Let me hear, Chavra. What did the Rebbe say? They say you're helpless. Right? They say you're damaged. What did the Rebbe say? You're damaged. Chayiv koladam loimer masa yagiu maisei lemaisei avaisei. If they said chayiv loimer, can my actions reach those of the avais heinein hamarakava? Is a simon that they can. It could be mugin Avram and mugin your name. They say damaged. What did the Rebbe say? Keravelt. They say you're overwhelmed. They say you're exhausted. They say you can't. The Rebbe would say over from the Chayvis Halavavis, Kisha Adam Mishtado Bechol Koychay. When a person pours his whole heart, uses all his energy, he's exhausted. At that time, at that point is when you, when you connect to the infinity, you connect to the Ein Saif. They say exhausted. What does the Rebbe say? Keravelt. They say you're a prisoner to your past. Your father, your grandfather had a temper. Your father had a temper. You had a temper. You can't change. You're a prisoner to your environment, to your family, to your socioeconomic standard, to your everything. All these reasons. They say prisoner. You know what the Rebbe used to say? The Rebbe would say on the, on the Nevoah of Mashiach, Dorach Koychav B'Yakov. The Rebbe would say it's not just referring to, Mashi to Mashiach because we are all Koychavim. Reyes HaKechavim, every Yid has a Nitzitz of Mashiach. What, what did the Rebbe say? When we take out the Torah Shalash Regalim, the Niskayim Banu, the Nachal of Ruach Hashem. The Rebbe would say, if you're a Nitzitz of Mashiach, if Mashiach, a spark of him, resides in you, how could you be a prisoner? If you're a liberator, if you're a goyal, if you're a paida, if you could redeem, if you could wipe the tears off another person, how could you be a prisoner? The world says prisoner, and the Rebbe said, Karavelt. <clears throat> After five days, of this holy kinnis, we are standing here 
at Ne'ilah, we're standing beside Yesharim Va'eda, so many holy people. But we can feel a Ruach Mimoraim, the, the Heiliger Rebbe, standing here among us. He's looking at this impossible mission occurring. He's looking here with love at his generals, at his shluchim. He's looking at all of us, and I can hear the Rebbe look, looking at each one of you in the eye and saying, and you can do double. <laughs>